But you know what? As a Christian, we should be happy every day. Our motto should be happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Even when you're angry, 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 you should be happy, happy. You ever seen a happy, angry person? I can get that way. I can be happy, angry. Amen? I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to go this morning. Awesome scripture. Yeah, Matthew chapter 28. And I even won't let you go too far. I'll just go to verse 1. Matthew 28, 1. There you go. We'll start right at the fresh, the fresh starting of that. Amen? In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. What happened on Friday? There was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone from the door. And he sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his remnant was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, go before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail. And they came and held him by feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that ye go into Galilee. And there shall they see me. Father, this morning, as we re-encount the resurrection story, Lord, we know this morning that you are alive, that we serve a risen Savior. Lord, we have the opportunity to go into the whole world and to proclaim the gospel message. And Lord, this morning I pray that your words would minister to each of our hearts. In Jesus' name. Earthquakes were not an everyday were not an everyday occurrence in that part of the world. Matter of fact, in 2021 years, there have only been in recordance 19 earthquakes in that part of the world. The first two being in 33 AD, and the last being in 1927, which was a 6.3 on the Richter scale. And in the last thousand years, 
there have only been six recorded earthquakes. So you see, when they talk about this great earthquake, when Jesus was on the cross, and the earthquake was so powerful that, that the rocks just bursted into dust. That's a pretty powerful earthquake. And now here we are, Easter Sunday morning. Mary and Mary Magdalene, they're going to the tomb. They're going to the sepulcher where Jesus is. And on their way there, what does it say? There was a great earthquake. Another one, just days apart. Matter of fact, when I first read it, I thought, I, I didn't read the great word. I just had read earthquake. And I thought, well, that was probably one of the after tremors, you know, that they have after earthquakes. But then when I was reading back, it said, great earthquake. That means there was another massive earthquake taking place. The two Marys were on their way. These two grieving women decided to go and visit the sepulcher. They decided to go visit the grave. Their faith was small. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because they were going to see a dead Christ. They assumed that Jesus was dead. But they had a great surprise awaiting them when they showed up. Hallelujah. When they showed up, the stone had been rolled away. And there that sat on the, the, that rock, an angel like lightning. I guess that's where we get the word flashy. His remnant was white as snow. I mean, I don't think these ladies realized at that moment he was an angel. Although in that part of the world, you wouldn't have seen somebody dressed in sparkling white clothes. He says to them, who you came to see is not here. That Easter earthquake changed everything. An angel of the Lord had descended from heaven during this earthquake. And, this, and what did he come for? He rolled the stone away. See, I used to think that the earthquake rolled the stone away, but it wasn't so. Because the word of the Lord says, the angel rolled the stone away. It wasn't the earthquake. Victory over death made this all official. God still moves the stones that challenges our faith today. It's great to know when you ponder that thought. It's great to know that no matter what your troubles are, no matter what seems to be blocking your walk with God, God is able to remove those blockages. He's able to remove those stones that you can worship Him and come to Him freely asking of Him. The conquest of fear in verses 3 through 6. The guards at the tomb were afraid of the angel. Well, hello. If you weren't expecting to see an angel and you woke up this morning and you walked out and there was an angel sitting on your car, I'm sure you would have fainted too. Although I believe there would be some here that would be obnoxious and say, get off my car. What are you doing on there? I hope not. 
They had good reason to be afraid. You see, they were on the wrong side of God's plan. They were, they were against God. So this put them on the wrong side. Why? They didn't believe. They had no faith. They didn't understand. They were, they were going with Pontius Pilate. They were like, this is a rebel. This is a, this is a bad dude. You know, he's causing all kind of havoc. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they weren't up in arms. They, were, they, they needed him out of the picture. So these guards only went by what they were told. So much like the world today. They believe everything that is told to them by the media. They believe everything they're told to them by the newspapers, by articles that they read. You see, it shouldn't be that way for us. You see, we have, the, we have the word of the living God right before us every day. We have reason to believe otherwise. We don't have to believe what the world tells us. We only need to believe what Jesus tells us. Because Jesus' words are truth. The women were temporarily afraid. Fears are normal under conditions, under some conditions anyway. You're a mom or a dad, you get a phone call. Oh, um, your son or your daughter's in the hospital. You instantly get fear. You go to a doctor, you get a bad report. You get a little fearful. Faith would drive away their fears. Faith will drive away your fears. The angel, when he came, he, what did he say? He said, fear not ye. They were a little scared. I mean, come on, they were a little afraid. There's this guy sitting here. These, you got these guards over here that are supposed to be guarding the tomb. They're not moving. They fell as dead. Am I next? I mean, this guy, look, he, he, was, he was like lightning. He might have been pointing a finger at him, zap. I always joke with some people, you know, when they're telling me something, I'm like, I step back and I start stepping in. I go, where are you going? I said, well, I don't want to get too close because when that lightning comes, you know, it just happens to fry everything around it. So I don't want to be too close. The resurrection of Christ dispelled their fears. He told them many times, I'm going away, I'm leaving you. How many times had he told him that he would, matter of fact, even at the, the, the last supper, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I go, you may be also. They still didn't understand that he was going to die. Faith and fears are opposites. Faith and fears are opposites. What did it say, what did it say to the ladies when, when, when we read this in the scripture? What did he say? They were fearful, but joy. They had joy. They were afraid of the angel, but they were happy because of what the news that the angel had brought them, that Jesus was not there. Go and tell the world what, what's taking place. Go tell his disciples that Jesus has risen. He's gone from here. Let me give you some truth this morning. Faith drives away all of our fears. 
Faith that tells you Jesus is in control. You see, that's the kind of faith we need to understand it, that Jesus is in control. Not us, not the world, not the media, not the government. Jesus. Jesus is in control. And see, when we start placing our faith and our trust in Jesus, then we will find that everything seems to go a little smoother. But in verses 7 and 8, we see the commissioning of those who believe. Go quickly and tell his disciples. The disciples must hear the good news. Death had been conquered and Christ is alive. This is what they needed to hear this morning. They needed to not know that he was dead. They needed to know that he was alive, just as he said he was going to do. Because had that not happened, who would have believed? The women accepted their commission. They obeyed. Great things were ahead of them. The good news must be shared. These faithful women were obedient to the messenger. They didn't stand around and question. Excuse me. I got a question. Why am I going to tell them? I haven't even looked in the tomb yet to see that he's not there. It didn't say. Do you notice in the scriptures? The women did not look in the tomb They only got to the sepulcher. The angel then talked to them and they left. They never looked inside. Only the disciples were the first ones to look inside. They didn't ask questions. They didn't say, we need to address a couple things. Where did he go? And, And did he really die on the cross or was... You know, he's just like breathing really lightly and something, you know. No. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't question the angel at all. Their faith, by their faith, they believed exactly what the angel had told them. As a matter of fact, as they're on their way, what does it say when they get there? They meet Jesus along the road. They know it's him. They know beyond a reasonable doubt it's him. They take him by his feet. They fall and they begin to worship him. They know for a fact that it's Jesus. Church, I'm telling you this morning, Jesus is alive and well. And you know he's alive and well. And we should be worshiping him. We should be exalting him every single day of our life. No matter what kind of turmoil we're in, we should be worshiping the Lord Jesus because we know he's alive. We're not questioning it. None of us have, I don't know, I never have. I can't, I shouldn't speak for all of us. But I've never questioned the word of God, whether it's true or not. My faith has told me from Genesis to Revelation, the whole word of God is the infallible word of God. And I believe the whole thing. Yes, I get delivered sometimes to the hands of the unbelievers. And they're like, how can you believe such stuff? I mean, come on. Really? Jesus stood in front of a tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And this guy wobbled out of there. Really? He was in there for four days. Come on. Guys on a boat, they throw somebody overboard and this big fish swallows them. He's in the fish so long that the fish has to swim to shore and throw him up. And he's still alive. Come on, really? 
you talking to? But it's all true. It's all true. No matter how many scientists try to pick at the Word of God and try to show that it's not real, the more truth they find of the validity of the Word of God. That's why they don't do it anymore. They don't do it anymore because they, the more they try to disprove, the more they prove. And so they don't want us to have it, so they just quit talking about it. And guess what? They're hoping and you're going to quit talking about it. They're going to hope you quit reading about it and quit knowing about it and quit gathering about it so that it will just go away. And it's working. It's working. You see, we used to have this thing during the holidays, as pastors would call it, the CEO weekend. You know what that is? That is the Christmas and Easter only participants, our CEOs. The CEOs don't happen anymore. You see, they've quit believing. They've quit reading. They've been listening to society about how Christians are radicalists. How we don't do any good for anybody. But I'm telling you what, my Savior shed His blood on the cross for me. And if that means I'm going to have to die one day because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then so be it. Because he saved me. He went to the cross for me. You're watching this message. He died for you. He died for the sins of the whole world. I can't help but think about that earthquake and I can't understand the, the great significance of it. But I know that there was a message that was to be delivered to the whole world. Why would anybody hold back from delivering the message of Jesus Christ? This sacred story needs to be told every single day to your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. And if you got great-great-grandchildren, they need to know. Christ has risen, and we must declare this good news to the whole world. And church, I want you to make this known in your own little hearts that I want to I pray that you will step out in boldness into your communities and share that gospel message. He died for you. Why would we not talk about it? When people get raises or people get great blessings, we share those things. We can't wait to tell people the great things that God has done in our life, but we're not telling people about the gift that God has given us, His Son Jesus, who died for us. We don't share that part. Why? Oh, I got, a, I got an answer for you. We don't share it because we're afraid. We have a little fear instilled in us we're human and we have that little bit of fear instilled in us because we're afraid to be let down we're afraid that they're going to say 
Are you for real? I don't want to hear that. I don't believe that. Go away from me. We're afraid of the negativity that will come with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we just don't do it. And you know what? We stopped talking about it. When we stopped talking about it, the world stops talking about it. And guess what? Wide is the road that leads to destruction. And many are traveling that road because we're keeping our little traps shut. We're not talking about that narrow road that leads to eternal life. Hallelujah. That narrow road that all of us here this morning want to be traveling on. And I'm telling you, church, the more we be quiet, the, the narrower that road is getting because everybody's filling up hell. That's not what Jesus intended for us. That's not why he died on Easter Sunday. That's not why he rose again so that that road would stay wide. He wants that road to be narrow and the road to heaven to be wide. But we're not making it possible. Why? Do we lack faith? Do we not truly believe? These are only questions that you can answer. Those who obey meet Jesus on their way. Once on the move, the women met the master. Meeting Jesus moved their hearts to worship. They heard his voice and they fell at his feet. Jesus knows his sheep's voice. These women knew Jesus' voice because they've heard him speak before. And when they heard his voice, they began to fall down. The truth that the angel had just spoke at them at the tomb, they were now literally seeing with their own eyes. They knew that the angel truly was an angel of the Lord. Christ's comforting words must be shared with others. So why be afraid to share it? Great things are ahead, and we're a part of his plan. Each one of you are a part of God's plan. He created you in his likeness. He intended for you to share the gospel. Church, I believe there are great things ahead for a lot of us. But I also know this. I also know there are some very dark days ahead for those who don't believe. But we have the opportunity through the message, the mandate that Christ has given us. We have an opportunity to dispel the darkness that those who are living in and bring them into the light of Jesus Christ. You see, the Great Commission gave us that power. All power in heaven and earth would be invested in this plan. Worldwide missionary work would be placed in their hands. These, these, these disciples, they had a great task set before them. I believe that if we begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world today, 
preaching the message that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, I believe this will bring about one of the greatest earthquakes ever known to man because we could shake a lot of ground. You see, Jesus' resurrection is the key to the Christian faith. You ask, why is that? Because just as he promised, Jesus rose from the dead. We can be confident, therefore, that he will accomplish all that he promised and all that he said. How many believe that this morning? How many believe that Jesus died on the cross for you this morning? That his blood was shed for you this morning? Jesus' body and resurrection shows us that the living Christ, the ruler of God's kingdom, not a false prophet or an imprisoned ruler, but God's eternal kingdom is not false. It's real. For I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, ye may be also. And guess what? He says, you know the way. You know the way. Isn't that awesome? You know how to get there. Some people don't like how we got to get there sometimes. None of us like to think about, you know, that word, death. But you know what? There's going to be a great rapture that's going to take place. And I believe that rapture is coming very soon. Very soon. I know preachers have been preaching this for years upon years. Some of you are probably children if you heard Jesus is coming soon. And you're like, okay, I've been waiting like uh, 80 years. I'm still waiting. I'm holding out. But it's coming. Whether you've been buried or whether you're still alive. That resurrection's going to take place. <laughs> it's going to take place. There's nothing, there's nothing that's going to hold Jesus back when it's time for us to go. We're going. Church, all I know this morning is I serve a risen Savior. All I know is Jesus went to the cross and he died for my sins. All I know is that the word of God tells me that he's coming back to receive them unto himself. That's going to happen. And when you begin to think about those simple facts right there, there's nothing else to think about. There's nothing else to worry about because the greatest days are ahead. They're ahead for all of us. They're ahead for you. But are you ready? Are you ready to start becoming bolder than you've ever been before in your life? Are you willing to go out and share the gospel message with all that you come in contact with? Stop allowing the world to control how you speak, 
You speak with the authority that the Word of God has given you. All power in heaven and in earth has been given to you to preach the gospel message. Matter of fact, the Word of God says greater things you will do than He has done. Miss Rosemary, you just take your finger and just go lay it on somebody and say, be healed in Jesus' name. They should be healed. Our faith makes us whole. Our faith makes us whole. And this is how I want to end the morning. I'm going to ask everybody to stand where you are. Go ahead and stand. I know that we live in a COVID-19 era. And there's the six-foot rule. There's the no-touch rule. But I serve a Jesus who I don't have to worry about the six-foot rule. I don't have to worry about the no-touch rule. Because I serve a risen Savior who says that he will take care of all my infirmities. He heals all diseases. Not some. He heals all. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little bold this morning, if you will. Oh, you're like, oh no, there he goes. He's gone off the deep end. But I'm going to ask you to hold the hand of the person next to you. In Jesus' name, hold the hand of the person next to you, Tom. There you go. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pray that the power from on high, we're going to pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will fall upon each one in this room and that you will be filled with the boldness of the power of the Holy Ghost and that when you leave from here, you're going to be able to, to, to dis- tell the world all about Jesus. Dispel the darkness that may be around you and that you're going to be able to make clear to the world that Jesus is alive and well. Hallelujah. Father, I pray this morning right now, Father, for these that are standing and holding hands together, Lord Jesus, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would just begin to fall, Father God, upon each one, fall upon each heart. Father, we pray for the person on our right and the person on our left. Lord God, that you will give them the boldness to speak with the authority of Jesus Christ to be able to go into the world and to share the message of Jesus Christ that he did in fact die and rose again on the third day. Father God, that we all may receive salvation. Lord God, that your blood was shed, that our sins would be forgiven. And Father God, this morning I pray for each one who is standing here, Father God, this morning and say, God, use me this morning. Let me be the vessel that you use this morning to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world that we live in. Lord, I pray now, give them the authority. Father, you said that all power was given to us from heaven and earth. Lord, I pray this morning that we will use all of that power to propagate the gospel message. Father, let the world not tell us to be silent, but Lord God, your word has told us to be allowed and be bold and go forth in you. And Father, that you would make a way. Father, your word says that you will provide the hearers. And I pray, God, this morning, provide the hearers this morning to hear your word, to stand upon your word, and to do what your word has declared us to do. In Jesus' name.
and we'll give you the glory and the honor and the power in Jesus' name this morning. Amen and amen. Go in Jesus this morning.